Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Lance Lee is back as well with Lance. Jacob Swanson and the chairman of the board, David Reed. Greg Cosell will join us in an hour. Looking forward to that from NFL Films. Talk NFL Draft and much more. We have primary complaint on deck. That's in 45 minutes. But first we say good morning to you and to the guys. What's up? You know when you come in on a day of work and you just feel like today's the day? Like this is going to be <laughs> the day? You say this so much that people I, are going to start not buying. I feel like, but if I keep saying it, one day it's going to be the day, <laughs> right? It's going to be the day that you know one of us gets fired for something, or that we have the greatest show in history, or that Lance Lee tells us all about why he missed the show to celebrate 420 yesterday. Something big is going to happen on the show today. Paul, I can feel it. This is going to be the day. I'm energized by Lance being back. Yeah, Lance, it's and good to have Lance Jacob back. plays this perfectly because he had enough difficulty without Lance to mandate Lance's return, which forestalls Lance leaving again. And we want Lance here. I feel like we should be doing this show from a cabin in Montana, the way Paul is dressed today. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Are I was cold? a little cold. You're a little it's chilly, cold huh? outside. I'll, I'll lose the jacket as we get going, as I get warm. You're like a as basketball coach. The jacket's yeah. eventually going to come off. Yeah. Then the tie. I've, Paul's going to be in his undershirt I also, by like, hour two. Yeah. You he, guys he's in the held flannel. that in for an hour and a half. That you guys line. in the flint? No, I held it in for 30 seconds that we've been on air. I thought <laughs> the jacket would come off whenever we, we go yeah. live. No, I'm ready to take it off. <laughs> Did you just not know that it was still on, or you were just no, still chilling? I knew it was on. I thought that I'd have a wardrobe change during the show, something new. So for those, I, this, this is the shirt that got David. David, this was his this his is, uh, culmination of David. David, this sure was his be, number I'm sure three. I'll be called out for this. He too. went one, two, three, out. And we never heard from him again. It is chilly in Nashville where it's we produce the 30s. this show. It's, it's in the thirties. And you've so got a little girl baseball game. Had to cover the flowers last night uh, to really? make sure they didn't die. Yeah. Got to do that. And, I don't believe uh, in that. Got the uh, T-ball game tonight. If it's going to be 34 degrees. If nature intends for those flowers to die, then those flowers will die. That's my attitude. Paul's not a big landscaping guy. This no. probably comes as no surprise no. to anyone. I don't want to call my guy really and that. have him come out and cover yeah, the flowers. That's not, Paul's never going to take that effort to do that. No. I don't have anything to cover him with. Do you respect plants, Paul? I don't think you I respect, respect poison plants. ivy, poison sumac. It's like Larry David things. about the wood. Do you respect wood? If Larry, I Larry, the guy who was mad about the rings on the wood that Larry didn't respect wood, I feel like you don't respect plants. I, I mean, I don't respect them enough that I'm going out when it's cold to cover them. Paul cannot be inconvenienced to do anything no. around the house. Nothing. I, I mean, he's gonna I stay in his layer. He's going to type. He's so going to do you, his thing. What'd you do last night instead of covering your plants? You did what? I watched my team that does not. Uh, score does not hit with runners in scoring position win anyway and then I got this concession from Chad Withrow who just washes his hand of his team's What'd terrible you say, play 
He just washes his hands. This guy, like most Braves fans, who are losers at their very core, he doesn't fight back or say, yeah, that's embarrassing, or boy, what a poor showing when some guy named, what's his name, <laughs> Nate Jones, has a tie-breaking wild pitch and then a bases-loaded oh, no. walk while the Yankees leave seven on base. This is what he says. I say, for those of you listening, not watching, I say, these free runs are great. If only everyone let us score without hitting with guys in scoring position. And he says, I stopped watching when the Braves didn't score with the bases loaded. To which I say, quitter. I mean, can you be more of a pushover than Chad is in this situation? Well, I, What well, inning was this when they left all the runs? The, I think the top of the seventh. I think the top of the seventh. They yeah. had one out. Bases loaded, strike out, then Freddie Freeman grounded Push out. Push over. Freddie Freeman, who's one of the great players of all time to hear Braves well, talk about it. There are far too many entertainment options out there for me to get to and to watch. <laughs> you watch the Braves then to every watch, night. I watch, I watch an inning or two of the Braves. turn the channel off. I watch an inning or two of the Braves every night. I'm no more than three or four innings. I had watched yeah. three or four but innings of the Braves. But not those innings. With the tie game against so, the Yankees, you turn it off. I was so bored at the lack of <laughs> offense from both teams. Yeah. That when the Braves didn't capitalize and score, I knew the writing was on the wall. I knew they'd screw up and lose in some way. And they did. And I was watching something else that was far more entertaining. But here's what I want to hit out now with Paul. This is where Paul always argues out of convenience. Because if I came in and made a big deal out of one game in a 162-game season, Paul's response would be, this is what all you Braves fans do. You get one game, and oh my gosh, the season's... We're a big winner now because we won one game in April. And Paul comes in and blows up one game in April. I agree with that entirely. This is a big deal because it's me versus you. Head-to-head bet made on this show. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's a big deal head-to-head that a team that cannot score didn't have to hit to score last night. This is embarrassing Braves baseball. This isn't about one game. This is about me versus you. There's and you can't even watch it. You can't even put your eyes on it. It's so bad. The Braves That's are. what this is about. You, even you had to put on a blindfold and earplug. First off, the Yankees Angie, were. turn that off. I can't watch it. I first, can't watch it. First off, the Yankees were embarrassingly bad. Abby, turn on Paw Patrol. Abby <laughs> was in bed at that point. Um the, the Braves, the Yankees were embarrassingly bad. It was a terrible game. Neither team could hit. I, I don't like watching Here's bad what I baseball. want my team to do. Win embarrassingly bad games. Yeah, Paul, take I it, can buddy. just as easily go my back and sucks. look. I didn't even know the score when you sent that. I just assumed the Braves had lost. <laughs> I can go back on my app and say, oh, look, the Braves lost the Yankees 3-1. to one. And I can go about my business Help knowing out, that what you always claim is nothing's won in April anyways. Nothing's won. Nothing is won. But between you and I with the bet on last night's game, something was won wanna, and something was lost. You I won. This, you lost. You want to make this a bigger deal what was than the it bet? is. We, we just both bet, bet on, on FanDuel on, on our on our. And team. I lost too because Jamison Tyone only struck uh, a five. I was going to ask about the strikeout. This is such a. This is what Paul would call a Braves mentality. <laughs> oh, look at my team in April. Oh, look at this. And that's pretty oh, big win for them. So bad. I'm not it's saying much about the Braves. Braves are embarrassing right now. Braves are terrible right now, and they still have a better record than the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees are terrible right now, yes. and, and they don't hit with runners in scoring position. And last night they didn't hit with runners in scoring position. And they won on a hit batsman. Uh, no, a wild pitch and a walk by some guy named Nate Jones. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. The Braves have awful injury issues right now, and they're bad to watch. <laughs> and uh, no, I just, I, I wouldn't. I'm not watching that game and coming out that excited for either team. I'm sorry that I'm not. If the Braves win today, I'm not going to come here tomorrow and do backflips. I'm not excited for over team. beating that Yankees team because they both suck right for now. Me. 
For me against you, I'm well, excited. Congratulations on the win, Paul. I really enjoy it. I, I, I am on. really enjoying it. Can I get a standing so ovation? You sat there and watched all nine Paul. innings? No, once I sat down, I mean, Simon had a game. Once I got home. Paul, your team, Simon's congrats on your team doing a great job of accepting a wild pitch from the Braves and scoring the winning run that way. Great job. Nate Jones, hit the mitt. Aim for the mitt. The mitt. Great job. Just like we were telling Simon last night. Hey, hit the mitt, buddy. Hit the mitt. Or just aim for the field uh, like the Yankees fans do when they don't get their way. And throw baseballs (laughs) in the field. Like a complete uh, embarrassment of a fan base. I said we talked about it on Twitter. I didn't bring that up on air, though, so let's talk about that now. It's reprehensible when they behave like that. Uh, Nobody says more than me, you are your fan base. When Yankee fans behave reprehensibly, I'm embarrassed by it because they represent me. I don't run from my fans. I know I'm one of them. So Yankees fans suck for eternity because that what one incident. What did they do? Happened, right? Why were they doing Because if Braves fans did this, you would always go back to that one moment. I don't, I don't moment. have the full context of it. It was never explained but, why but they did it. I, I, I think don't they know. were just extraordinarily pissed off at the team's failures. I don't think there was a moment that spurred <laughs> it. April, I, I think they were they, just mad, yeah. I think they just They showed a lot of context. They really understand the sport that they're I that mad I think they continued April. to not hit with runners and scoring. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I honestly don't think there was a moment that That's came. amazing. I might be wrong. I mean, it's it's pretty – look, I I don't hate it. I mean, I like the, the <laughs> accountability part of it, but, man. I mean, I saw hate, the headlines. He He's fine with a wild pitch and a wall. I saw the, the headlines. Line. I mean, I'm fine with, like, if, uh, Mike, what are we paying this money for? <laughs> I like, kind of like that. But I just find it funny because – and I'm an anti this, but if a fan base does one thing one time – you will remember that, and it will stick with them forever, and that fan base is now branded well, as bad by you. doesn't burn a couch one time. It burns couches all the time. Probably, yes. Uh, but there's so, other ones, too. If the, Bra- if the Braves fans did something like that, you burn one you'd couch. be going back to that all the time. The Braves fans wear mullets all the time, not sometimes. I acknowledge that there are good and bad in all fan bases. That's pretty standard for me. I, I acknowledge that there's Bad in the Kentucky fan base. Don't bring I, up bad haircuts with, I, the, with the I children. Say, I say, my thing about the Kentucky fan base, who's, who's the large representative of this that got us into our big fan base conversation back in the day, is that I think the good fans should put the pressure on the bad fans and improve their behavior and have more control than they assert. There is, a, by the way, the mullet, there is a kid with a mullet on every team now. Oh, it's it's a huge it's in major leagues. No, no, no. Just uh, I'm talking about just going to a, a little league baseball. Game. Yeah, there's no, always I'm not mullets. on Evie's team. No mullets on the girls' team. They're all uh, very <laughs> give, nice give hairstyles. Time. Yeah, no, time. no mullets on that team. Uh, but Paul, it's funny that you're saying I want the good in a fan base to influence the bad of the fan base, <laughs> while also you just said you are what the worst of your fan base does. You are the entire. Well, that's fan why base. you have to go control that element of the fan base. That's your obligation. The good fans should put the pressure on the bad fans to behave better. I believe that firmly. I believe that fans can do things to, an, to embarrass an entire fan base, but I'm never okay. going to lump myself in with the worst of my fan base because it's not me. I can't control them. It's embarrassing when you, if a Tennessee fan does something stupid or a group of fans, it does embarrass me, but I'm also not going to take responsibility for it like I did it. Because there are smart and there are dumb in every well, fan base. I, I, I don't and there were dumb far. Yankees fans that were throwing baseballs right. in the field. And there are plenty of smart Yankees fans also. I, I agree with that. But I say, hey, those bleacher bums who characterize, you know, who are a big part of the Yankee stadium experience, yeah, to, to one degree, we're kindred spirits. We're on the same side. That's part of what I 
except that's being a fan of that team. And if you're a Kentucky basketball fan, those couch burners, you're a kindred spirit with them to some degree. You're not burning well, couches, but those are your people. So this is a great segue into a bigger discussion we're going to have on the Super League and the fan response and how fans can influence things, right? So to me, there's a fine line between wanting to do something and doing it. If I'm a Yankees fan and I watch that game and they don't score with the bases loaded or whatever, I'm a Braves fan and I see them one out, bases loaded, not score, I want to throw something, right? I would, if I was there, I'd want to throw something on the field. But there's a big difference between wanting to do it and doing it, right? When Shiano Sunday happened, there's a big difference between wanting to go down to the football field and raise hell and actually doing it. There's a big difference between those things with the action and the inaction. And, Paul, I think that is the only separation at times between smart fans and dumb fans, sane fans and crazy fans, are the ones who think about it, because everybody thinks about it, and somehow I would really like to do this, but they're not going to do it. I'm not going to throw whatever food or beer or baseball I have onto the field, even though I want to in that moment. Yeah, there's some level of restraint. Also, alcohol has a bad influence on many of these circumstances that we're discussing. All is right in the world with uh, Yankees fans throwing stuff on the field and Kentucky fans burning couches. Winning on pass balls. (laughs) (laughs) It's all all good in Paul's world right now. Uh, a Super League being canceled before it even has a chance to, to be started. We, we, we discussed this and the fans' involvement behind the scenes and in front of the cameras that, that got things turned around and, and why. That's coming up. Plus, primary complaint today at 1145 Central, 1245 Eastern. Greg Cosell debuts today as well on Outkick 360. Sixty across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us, and we hope you'll be with us for our next VIP event, outkick.com slash VIP360 for more information. And Outkick's hitting the road. We're going to be live in Knoxville coming up this Saturday. Orange and White game is coming up Saturday, and myself, Chad Withrow, Clay Travis, we're going to be in Knoxville for an outkick meet and greet that's taking place at Old City Sports Bar, Chad. That's right, Old City Sports Bar, starting at noon Eastern time on Saturday, noon to 3.30. We'll be there in advance of the orange and white game. There is uh, some rain in the forecast in Knoxville, but they have a roof at Old City Sports Bar. We'll be inside, nice and cozy, dry, ready to go. I say dry, there will be drinks involved. But you can join us, hang out in advance of that game, and uh, they'll have the games there on the televisions at Old City Sports Bar as well. Excited to partner with Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery and the Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey for this event. Drink specials, food specials for Outkick VIPs, maybe even some free food and drink at this event that we'll announce coming up. But if you are in Knoxville or you're headed to Knoxville this Saturday, Join us, Old City Sports Bar, starting at noon. So keep the keep the logo up briefly here, Paul. You were at the photo shoot where Chad and I and, and you we we took photos. This was uh, early March, and at the time we saw the photos and thought, "Oh, these look really nice." Yeah. But when you see the coloration compared to Clay's photo shoot, um, don't we look dead? Yeah. I mean, this is what Chad and I will look like in a coffin. Corpse. It looks like we're, we're black and white almost, and Clay's in full color. Well, I think this photo, to be frank, I was in the middle and made to look like, uh, like Clay, and they simply <laughs> subbed him in for me. 
So I was satisfied with it when it was me. But now, seeing you two represented so poorly with Clay there, it's, a, it's, a, it's disappointing. And all the graphics, and uh, we just saw the commercial for Outkick VIP, <laughs> excellently done. But I'm going to have to give this a D plus at, <laughs> at, at, at best. Uh, a D minus really would be generous. Uh, yeah, I, I, the coloration is very poor. And Hut, you look bad, but Chad looks terrible. Yeah, I look really washed out Sick. in that photo. Yeah, I look like uh, like I'm green almost, like <laughs> nauseous. You're you're on your way to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. So like something's gone really wrong. Yeah, bad right? case. Like I've got like a COVID. clammy skin. <laughs> there's some <laughs> nausea, and yeah, then like dizzy, something's really wrong. Dizzy, dehydrated, but not hungover. Some sort of toxic shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, something like but definitely that. Not no, definitely not hungover. Cameron, Cameron would say not. Well, we had, and Paul, I'll show it to you. But a listener was kind enough to add color, freshen you up, yeah. to our faces. And it looks a lot better. And it looked like the actual photo probably looked. It's just the way this one has been drafted. I really feel like, and maybe Clay can comment on this, that the people at OutKick are trying to make Clay look better while making us look worse. Oh, I think so. And this was an intentional, we're going to put Clay in the middle and give him color and, and make size. these guys look like they're dead. Well, size. You're the, you're the wingman in this photo. I don't think there's any intention of this. I oh, think I this did. is exactly oh, how know. the photo came across because this is the the oh, lighting. No, I think no. Clay. I would I would bet money that Clay's photo shoot took uh, his photo uh, shoot took place at his home with different lighting, and we went to some offices in downtown Nashville and had the lighting that you see currently on the two of us. I find That's what I would place this, my money on. I find it hard to believe this hasn't been tinkered with. Well, Clay also will be quick to tell you he has a beach home. So he's he was recently at the beach before that picture. <laughs> and he goes year-round where Hutton and I are in uh, indoors, not in the sun. <laughs> well, this, again, I think this is, uh, this is winter months, right? <laughs> this is leading into spring, so we would be yeah. this white <laughs> in that photo. It's, it's, it really caught us in time. If you take you this photo in July, we're going to look a lot different. Um, Jacob. Lance, your thoughts on the death photo? I mean, it it, it looks like a death. You know how, like in the eighteen hundreds, they would prop they would prop the dead up for one final photo shoot. Bring out your dead before being uh, placed to the ground. Like this, I, th this was us. This is our death scene. I was really hoping whoever was going to fix the color on the photo was going to just go all out on the color, make, like, make green. you psychedelic colors. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the night before, Lance, we had ahead. just been to uh, Jacob's band's show. Yes. Yeah. Lance had some Still feeling the effect from Dad's acid. Yeah. I think, <laughs> photo shoot. Lance, your thoughts? Well, I'm wondering, here, let me, let me bring this okay. up here once again. If we look at uh, Clay's uh, right arm, which is on the left as we view it, <laughs> what's going on with the, the uh, Inferno on the bottom of his forearm there? Oh, Have we noticed that, that yeah. yet? What is that red coloration? It's like a red, yeah, it's like a red trail coming from his hand. Poison sumac. Oh, that, that's, ev that's even further confirmation that that took place in his home with his backlighting upstairs or wherever. I'm assuming it's upstairs. Or further confirmation that this photo was doctored to make Clay look better than us. Certainly a different lighting. Which also is set. a possibility. Different lighting for sure. Uh, Lebowski on Twitter says, this meet and greet flyer looks like Hutton and Clay are throwing a benefit to help Chad with his liver failure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just, just right. That's yeah. actually what's going on on Saturday, so that's great. That's it. Yep. Please yeah. help me out. And that's going to take money away from Catfish Jake's LLS campaign, yes, yes. which is right. unfortunate. Um, a real campaign. When you can really put a face to the cause, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's key, and that's what I helps. am in this photo yeah. here. They couldn't find a little kid. So help me with the Super League right. or the lack thereof. This is a global story 
for the sport of soccer, and it's not going to happen. No, I'll boil it down. So uh, the Champions League takes place concurrently with the league seasons of the best European leagues. And X number of teams from each of the European uh, country leagues qualify for this. So in the EPL, the top four teams from the English Premier League qualify annually for next year's Champions League. So uh, you're playing to win the Champions League, which doesn't have playoffs. You know, if you win the league, you win the championship. But you're also playing for the first four spots, which gets you in the Champions League. Champions League's awesome, right? It's the best teams from all of Europe that play in groups, group play first. You have to come in in the first two of your group to advance. Then you play a head-to-head, uh, home, home and home to, to advance into the knockout round. Then you play knockout round through, and you're ultimately crowned the champion of Europe, which is an incredibly prestigious club title, the best club mm-hmm. title in, in Europe. What these 12 teams did was say, screw the Champions League. We're going to break off, and instead of playing in the Champions League, the 12 of us plus three unnamed teams are going to have our own deal. We're going to play games against each other during the week, and we're going to have five teams that qualify. We're not saying how they're going to qualify yet. We're going to have a 20-team Super League during the week that ultimately crowns a champion, but we don't have to qualify. We're the best teams. We're the best names. We're who people want to see, and people want to see Chelsea versus Real Madrid um, and, and these sorts of games. And this was met with huge, huge, miserable complaints by everybody. And it was so poorly timed that coaches were taking their teams out to play games, having just been informed by their management that this was happening. Players and coaches knew nothing about it. Pep Guardiola, the coach of Man City, is answering questions as his team comes off the field, only knowing a little bit about it and saying brilliantly, like, sport isn't sport if there isn't a consequence to losing. And everybody else, Leicester City, who won the Premier League four years ago, wouldn't qualify for the champion for this Super League under, might not, under this new circumstance. Are, are the fans of the 15 clubs involved for this? Furious. Why? Furious because traditionally you have to win your way into the Champions League. And they don't even want this automatic berth that goes against but what's what the... in Europe is the relegation promotion thing where you have to win your way into the league and then you have to play through a season and get one of those four spots, which creates the intrigue of the Premier League. Right, One of the big teams is probably winning the Premier League, but there's intrigue for that fourth spot. Because the fourth spot goes to the Champions League. The fifth spot goes to Europa League, which is another second-level championship that's, uh, that's all of Europe also. People hated it on every level. And Leicester City, well, who's a very good team now, Leicester City, who's a very good team now that's in the top four in the Premier League, is out of this. They, they would never have a chance to be in this. We, we don't know how those five would qualify. Plus, the German teams, Bayern Munich and, uh, and those teams, and Paris Saint-Germain, Germain, the, the best team in, in France, the two teams that met in last year's Champions League, said no. They didn't want in on this. They, they thought it was BS. But they and only now these said teams no. have all backed out. 
They only said no after the backlash. No, no. They said no before. The, I the, thought there were three spots left that were assumed to be Perry, St. Germain. Right, and so but they, ha- they hadn't said yes. But they were waiting to see. the. They didn't just flat out say no to the idea. They were waiting to see the backlash. Well, and then they, they, said they no. were pretty staunchly against from what I've read. Uh, Paris was, and the German teams have kind of a, are more bound to their fan bases. There are a couple teams that are owned by more, uh, uh, that ownership has more than 51%, but most of them have 49% ownership and a fan interest that really does kind of dictate things. So this is like if, um, if you know, all the best teams... Uh, NCAA might work, but this is like if, if the SEC, if Alabama, and all, uh, Alabama LSU, and, and Florida split off to go with Ohio State and Michigan and everything, and then what does the rest of the SEC think? Like, you've deserted us, and we don't have a chance to beat you and get into the college football championship or get in and knock you off in the SEC championship game. After all this history we've had together and all of this time and all of this building our conference together, and yeah, you may be the richest and the best, but we've got a stake in this with you, and you're just turning your back, and now you don't have to win anything. We've already seen that, though, with conference realignment in college football. And if we saw the Power Five split off and do their own thing, there wouldn't be zero fan uproar. They would be for it. It yeah. would be the opposite mentality. But in this, there's such a marriage of the way it's traditionally been in the pyramid with relegation and promotion, it's, which would have been washed away in a lot of this. And it was just hated by absolutely everybody. It's a greedy move. You saying it was hated to, by everyone. It wasn't hated by the owners because they wanted to do it. Well, right. But, I the, mean, but there's a reason they wanted to do it. But this is such a backlash. This is the UT backlash yeah, against course. Greg Schiano on steroids. No, no fan, no manager, no player came out and said, yeah, I like this idea. Let's do this. Only the owners. And they've all been squashed. Uh, Man United's director is out as a result of this, and he was an instrumental guy in this. Uh, Real Madrid's uh, president spoke and got crushed for what he said. He was doddering, idiotic, you know, one of these things where we say, how could, how could the management be so blind and speak so foolishly and not be in touch at all with the pulse of the reaction to this. And in two days, clubs were backing out. Chelsea at the forefront, Man City. Chelsea, my team, was one of the ones that was said to like, they wanted in because they were afraid of missing out with the other five or four who were leading the charge out of the EPL. And they're thinking like, well, we've got to go if Liverpool and Man United are, are going. Uh, and ultimately, this whole thing came crashing down in two days. I'm a little torn on this. I, I like that the fans um, were able to exert enough power to make a change that they didn't want. But it really just sounds to me like tradition versus the future. That They want the, the, the – like we do a lot of times. We want our sports the way they've always been. And this is a cutting-edge idea of two, th- two sides of this. The clubs that generate the most money for their respective leagues because of their power – that also took the biggest hit during the pandemic and need money. And they don't need to be distributing money to everyone in the club that's not making as much money and doesn't have the same impact as them. This was a way to pull those resources together and make more money. It's not unlike a lot of business decisions that go on across the world every day. The fans hated it because it's not what they're used to. Well, they also hated it because Tottenham, say, and Arsenal haven't been very good for a while. 
and even Arsenal getting into the to the Champions League hasn't done anything in the Champions League for a while. And so European soccer fans are saying, like, why should you automatically be into a thing when teams that are better than you deserve to win their way in? And that's a big thing in Europe is win your, win your way in. Or if you win your way in and you get beat early, suffer the consequences of getting beat early. And this was set up for the teams with the names and the money to, to be in. And the consequences were going to be dire. UEFA, which is the, the head of Europe, and FIFA, the head of inter, international soccer, were saying, you're going to suffer some serious consequences, including your players aren't going to be allowed to play in the World Cup, which would have killed France, England, uh, Germany, if they ultimately went in. And guess who else? Us. Because all of our best players are playing in these leagues now, starting with, are we with Christian Pulisic. Well, it wouldn't have mattered if we qualified because our guys wouldn't have been allowed to, to play in the qualifications better yet. In, Save in us the, the embarrassment of, well, of not qualifying. We've got Please. very good players. We're going to qualify. I mean, well, it's, I mean it, it's, uh, I, it's a fascinating story to me because of the fan influence and what happened. And you mentioned the comparison that a lot of people in the state of Tennessee were making to uh, I, I noticed the one tweet that said, man, it, it's just so sad that American sports fans could never rally and change the decision of powerful people uh, to this extent. And every Tennessee person said, uh, hello, Shiano Sunday happened, and it's all because of fan backlash that they went back on a hire they were going to make. The Shiano thing would be so much more impactful as an overall story if yeah. they hired a successful coach as a result of not hiring Shiano, and the program was fixed and moved forward then, right? If they had had a home run hire after they backed down on Shiano and the program repaired itself and went forward well, it'd be such a better story. Um, and they didn't, unfortunately. See, and I'm not a huge soccer guy, but I love the idea of the Super League. I like the idea of consolidating the most powerful clubs in Europe and then playing against each other every year. But, but that again, happens every year. I'm not the target audience because in doing that, you're offending your loyalists, your diehard soccer fans, obviously, or there wouldn't have been backlash in this But it level. happens every year. And Ajax from, uh, from Holland has won the Champions League four times. And they'd be shut out of this thing, odds are, or have a lot less chance of making it. So why shouldn't they have an equal chance of making it? What's, you know, you've got to revise the Champions League, but still have people play into it. Play into it. Win your but way it's, into it's, it. It's just odd that, it, uh, again, the mentality is a complete opposite mirrored viewpoint from that of the Power Five, where if the argument is, well, everyone should have an opportunity to win a national championship, we're not hearing any of that when we think of the, the Power Five teams coming together for the Super Conference. Well, the one difference is, you know, UCF is not playing the, the caliber of teams, right? But Ajax in Holland is good enough to get into the Champions League and beat all of these teams, all 12 of these teams that were in the thing. They just now in a Super League might not get the chance. But they are on equal footing with, with those teams, as are a lot of teams that aren't in this 12 or 15 or might not be able to qualify for only the five spots that would be available. So it's not like there isn't a path for these teams and they don't play the quality competition along the way, the way, uh, you know, the uh, Cincinnati doesn't or whoever the team of the year is that has an undefeated schedule against inferior opponents. And in Europe, in European soccer, 
you know, you may dominate your nation's league. And the, the question about are you good enough is answered because you qualify for the Champions League. And some of these teams go on to, to win it or go very deep in the competition on a seemingly pretty regular basis. I mean, it's not, it's not totally unlike, and Hutton, you, you brought this up, with colleges leaving certain leagues and going to a better league to better themselves and leaving behind everyone in the league that's, that's left. They took their money and left. Right. And, well, there's a lot of, and there's other examples of smaller leagues even that they advance a little bit and it screws the league they left. And then the other schools are left behind. Hey, well, thanks. Can you take us with you too? Because mm-hmm. now we're hurting financially. But these are everyday business decisions that are made. When Universal buys NBC, every other cable network can sit there and say, hey, can you buy us too? Can we join this Universal conglomerate? That'd be great for our business. And they're saying, no, we don't want you. So these are rich, powerful people that own the most profitable clubs in, the, in Europe that are getting together and saying, we're going to leave everyone else behind that's not putting in their end of the bargain. They're not contributing as much money. And fans got mad about it. This is a business decision being made. And they threw a hissy fit and they stopped it because that because they didn't want to lose all their fans, which I get. But I just think it's interesting that, to me, this is a business arrangement. It's all it is. They're trying to do something that's going to make them more money in the end that they thought fans, there would be blowback to it, but not to this level. And then it got stopped because fans were so angry. So then the business decision became, well, now it's a bad business decision because we're turning off our right. loyal the fans. The fans want a soccer right. arrangement. And where's a lot of the blowback aimed? Well, the Glazer family owns Manchester United. Those and ugly the, Americans. And the Henry family owns Liverpool. And those two teams were instrumental in this. They're bringing an American mentality, like you're talking about, to European soccer, which is a different animal and doesn't want the closed league. They want an open competition. Coming up, primary complaint. And in 20 minutes, Greg Cosell of NFL Films will join us. We hope you'll follow along on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook. Search out OutKick and OutKick360. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can hit the alert button. We go live every day at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. And after the show, immediately following the show, you can find us wherever you download your podcast. Primary complaint next on OutKick 360. OutKick 360 rolls on. Greg Cosell of NFL Films with us in 15 minutes alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Gentlemen, last week's debut of Primary Complaint, a success, but for those new to the show, Paul, explain the concept of Primary Complaint on a weekly basis for us. Sports, non-sports. We look for you to file away a singular complaint, the one thing that is really bothering you, chapping your ass. Bring it here. This is catharsis. It's like a confessional. You bring it here, you put it on this table, and then you feel better. You feel better. Even I feel better. And I quickly have another primary complaint. As soon as I get this one yeah. over, I've got another one. But it feels good to leave one here. These boys, these boys, get it off my chest. <laughs> and I feel better. And we want you to feel better. So we invite you to email us, 360 at outkick.com. Video form is wonderful. And we will use your video as part of this segment. 
where we will let you leave it right here. Get it off your chest. But just one complaint. Don't compound it and tack a bunch of different things on. Be focused. One complaint, your primary complaint, not a secondary complaint. It is time for primary complaint on Outkick 360. I am a massive fan of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones ended, regardless of what George R.R. Martin wants us to believe, uh, who continues 10 years after his last book to act as though he's going to finish the story. The latest story from Outkick.com, George R.R. Martin says he is behind, way behind. (laughs) He's been behind for years. And I'm going to say something that not every Game of Thrones fan of his work wants to hear, but they need to hear it. We don't need George Martin's ending. He allowed his vision and his story to end with other writers holding the pen for HBO. That's it. It's over. Just admit that you're not going to find the time to finish the story. George R.R. Martin, now your watch has ended. Move on to the next HBO series, please. That's my primary complaint. I have a thought here on George. I'm not a middle name guy, as you know. I do not have a (laughs) middle name. My name is Paul Kuharski. Now, I understand the importance of middle names for many people. My son was given a middle name. But two? No. (laughs) And double initials I'm against. It's George R.R. Now, I hate people that have a single initial and a a middle name. T. Stephen. I knew a guy named T. Stephen. I hate that. (laughs) F. Scott. But yeah, well, F. Scott, he made it work out of his face. He is George Raymond Richard Martin. Now, I could even handle that more, but George the George R.R. <laughs> George R.R. drives me crazy. And this pompous ass who <laughs> wants to reclaim the ending of his story with dragons, ooh, dragons, and, uh, and, and shot in the dark, apparently, from what I hear critics of the thing tell I don't want to hear from him either, so I support your complaint, and I tack on uh, onto your complaint, a complaint about R.R. That was so. Is that your primary? Very, no, very well no, done. That's no. my complaint uh, connected to your oh. complaint. May Don't I complain you? now? Yes. I don't know if I'm allowed to sneak. <laughs> um, let me start with a compliment. Uh, I love Chris Sims' analysis. Uh, I lo- I think he's a handsome man. I think he's a very good-looking guy, very fit guy. What I don't like is the trend in fashion that Chris Sims subscribes to, and that is this. And I'm going to show it to you now, and I'm going to tell you about it also. The buttoning the button up all the way to the top of the shirt (laughs) is a ridiculous Poindexter-like look that Chris Sims insists on everything. I'm going to show you now what I look like with this. It looks terrible. Right now, also, I kind of look like I'm in Latin Kings, the way this shirt is and the uh, button up all the way to the top. I can't even do it with a straight face and keep it up there. Don't button your button up all the way to the top. You need to breathe a little bit. If you're wearing a tie, that's how you wear your button-up shirt. Go. Tribute. Hunt now is, We're is paying showing tribute. how you do it. Uh, Paul, I can't even. I couldn't even do it longer than five seconds. Paul now has it buttoned all the way to the top. Don't do tribute. this. Chris Sims, good-looking guy, good football analyst, former pro quarterback. 
you look ridiculous when you button your shirt all the way to the top. It's a Poindexter-like move. Un loosen that thing up. Let it breathe. Let the Adam's apple breathe a little bit. <laughs> There's no need to go all the way to the top. This is a lesson for everyone out there. Do not button your button up all the way to the top unless you're wearing a tie underneath it. This is my primary complaint. My primary complaint, and listen, you guys know I hate meteorologists. They take themselves, <laughs> they, they take themselves far too seriously. You know what I hate more than meteorologists? Faux meteorologists. Last night, after I watched the Yankees win on a uh, wild pitch and a, and a walk, yes. um, I flipped over to uh, MLB Network. On MLB Network, the Cincinnati Reds were playing at home. I can't even remember who they're playing against. It is pouring rain, a deluge, a monsoon. I've said this time and time again. I don't know why Major League Baseball insists on letting umpires continue games in these kind of conditions. Somebody is going to die. You have to have a grip on the baseball. And you cannot grip the baseball no matter how much you're hiding it with your gloves or the umpire's wiping it off. A pitcher is going to lose a ball, he's going to hit a guy in the face, and he's going to kill him. The pitcher was, uh, the Cincinnati pitcher gave up a go-ahead run. This was Arizona. Threw the ball back to the, to the, he's stalling. He's losing the game. He wants his team to get up in the bottom of the eighth. He's asking for a new ball like three times. He clearly wants them to stop the game. It's awful. Okay, they finally pull the tarps out. The game ends up suspended. They're going to finish it tonight, except it wound up snowing in Cincinnati. They go back to the, to the studio show, and Harold Reynolds claims that because he's from Oregon, he understands rain. And he says, if it rains hard like that, it's going to stop pretty quick. <laughs> if it's drizzling, it goes on for a long time. Now, Harold, I don't know how it rains in Oregon. But I've lived in lots of parts of America. And here in Nashville, just recently, it rained like hell nonstop for two days. So I don't know where you get this thing that if it rains hard, it's going to stop quickly. Look at this jackass in front of a weather map like he knows what the bleep he's talking about. If it rains hard, Harold, there's a scenario where it continues to rain hard for a long time. I understand you've seen Caddyshack and you're hopeful it's going to stop and you can play through but shut up. <laughs> and the snow behind it as well. I yeah. mean, I realized that they played opening day in Detroit. Was it Detroit? In snow. In snow. Yeah, in snow. But you can see the uh, <laughs> you can see the rain right over the top of Cincy. That if is, it rains hard, it's it's going to stop. That's, that's a signal. A if really, it's drizzling, really it's going to go. Really funny uh, way of saying it. Like it's it's, it's going to stop, guys. I promise. Uh, that's amazing. Well done. And then, then then it was good. He said, yeah. I, like I told you, it's going to stop. Let's go to Cincinnati, and then go to San Diego. <laughs> and he's like re really ready to tell you how, see, I told you. But there are guys warming up in the outfield in San Diego. Well done. Where the weather's perfect. You can contribute to Primary Complaint. Email your video. We're asking for 60 seconds or less. 360 at outkick.com. You can also use the hashtag on Twitter. You can type out your complaint. We can read those and retweet those using the hashtag Primary Complaint. Lebowski chimes in for the first viewer con contribution to Primary Complaint. He sent this in to 360 at Outkick.com. Here's Lebowski. 
Lebowski here. First off, grats to the guys on the new show, and I'm very happy to see primary complaint return for obvious reasons. Uh, my beef is with the Tennessee Titans. Recently, the organization put out a call for a new stadium PA, and I applied. Uh, weeks later, the team released a teaser video using my demo footage that I provided, among many others, um, in which I explained why I felt that I would be a good fit for uh, to audition for the Titans PA. Now, I, sadly, I was not offered the chance to audition. I'm not pissed that uh, that I was passed over for the chance to interview. I'll leave that to the powers that be on who they want to bring into audition. That's fine. What I'm not a fan of is having an NFL organization use my likeness in a hype video for, and I quote, a fan-voted PA selection process that left me having to answer embarrassing questions to my family and friends on how they could vote for me. And then I received a rejection email a week after the first audition started. Cooth is the word I'm looking for here. And th- this organization and a team I have followed since they played in Vanderbilt Stadium showed me none of it. And that's my primary complaint. Lebowski. Very well said by Lebowski. I have a, a very uh, serious complaint for yeah, Lebowski. Well, and also cutting uh, edge humor. Lebowski's uh, incredible, by the way, and he'll he'll submit some more primary complaints for us as we go along. One of our all-star complainers uh, from back in the day that will come on this show also. Um, it is weird that it was it, it billed as a fan vote for this, and that you could have voting because every video I've seen with this is three or four people that are sitting there taking Five. down notes, listening to everyone. And they're voting on it. That's not a fan vote. No. That's a panel of people that's picking it. They'll create a fan vote element that they'll then disregard, I would hope. The fans shouldn't choose who this is. Can we please just state the obvious here as we get ready for Greg Cosell? The 20 finalists, of the 20, there are maybe five that sound like a public address announcer. For For the city of Nashville and for the Tennessee Titans to produce this as an option for the public address announcer to replace Duke Donegan is embarrassing. That's stating the obvious, and that is saying what a lot of people behind the scenes are saying about this. Here's hoping they find a great voice for the stadium, because what they've produced so far with some of this is not. Also, uh, I've got a tweet. I haven't sent it out yet. I won't until after the show. I meant to send it last week. This is going to be a very tough decision for the judging panel, I write, because this group loves everyone. They gush <laughs> about every single person. They've done three videos of 10. As far as I know, they have 30 candidates that they think are the greatest public address announcing candidates in the history of mankind. Well, and here's why I say it's It's not that they don't have a decent voice. You can tell when someone is hearing their voice for the first time. Right. Because when, it, when you speak, it is a lot different to you in your head than hearing yourself on a microphone and over a PA system. If you've never heard it before, you're say, not qualified. I'd say over half of the people I saw looked as though they were reading into a microphone for the first time inside of a stadium. They've if you are, you're before. not qualified. That, that was, it, it's just bad. Well, Paul, going back to your thing about you don't want the fans to decide, I get what you're saying there. Well, I don't want the organization to sell it as a fan vote no. and then not take the fans' word for it. That's no. a lot. Never should have been a factor. I mean, if Lebowski's being told to get it out to the fans and we're going to do a vote and doing all this, then, then you're not going to take the fans' vote, then that's... Well, maybe the ending is a fan's vote or something. I don't, I don't know what they have in mind. 
But for the 25, like Lebowski has a great booming voice. Yes, very deep. Um, and it's no slight at him for not making this top 20. I, I don't understand how they deep. came up with some of His these voice might be too candidates. Deep. <laughs> There's no such thing uh, yeah. as a voice being too deep. Uh, just again, stating some of the obvious. It's like telling a basketball player he's too tall. Instead of playing along with, with <laughs> too tall. part of the, you know, being in on the joke. Um, coming up, Greg Cosell is no joke. He joins us weekly and debuts on the Outkick Network next.